morning, church. Come on, let's give God a shout of praise. Come on. <laughs> Hey, it's good to see you at church today. And if, listen, if you're here for the first time, sincerely, um, we, are, we are very glad that you're with us. And I know that when, I, when you hear that stated from the platform, sometimes you can think um, it's construed in a way like, thank you for believing what we believe or thank you. No, no, I don't even care what you believe at this moment. I'm just grateful that you're here. We have this peculiar belief here at True North. We believe that that when you are in the right position to hear from God in the right environment, God can do something in your heart um, and your life will forever be changed. We truly believe that God works from the inside out, meaning that God deals with the heart of humanity, that he does stuff that's peculiar in our heart that no behavioral modification um, can bring to pass. And I'm just so grateful for what God is doing in and through the life of the church. I'm always reminded, always reminded and I never forget at the moment in seminary when I really started to learn the history of and the life, more about the life of Jesus. And I was always struck by the fact, whether you're an agnostic, an atheist, whether you believe in other belief systems, um, that our calendar is marked by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, or by the birth, rather, of Jesus Christ. And, and I, it's, it's so peculiar to me that you could, you could be so... You could stand in such opposition, opposition to who God is in your life, but the truth is, is every single year, A.D., Anno Domini, a Latin expression, which means the year of our Lord, 2018, 2018, the year of our Lord. I love it. All through B.C., before the birth of Christ, counts down to the moment of his birth. The moment of his birth begins the year of our Lord. And I love it. I love that God is evident in every aspect of our lives. I'm grateful that he's faithful even when we are faithless. I'm grateful that his joy is always present in our life. Can you say amen? Hey, will you pray with me before we begin? Two of you. That's all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray anyway. Um, but join me in prayer. Father, I'm grateful for every person who's in in this place, Father, I know that your word says in Psalm 92, 13, that those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. And Father, I'm grateful for all that you've done for humanity. But God, I pray that we would have ears to hear, a heart to receive, eyes to see things that we may not, may not have ever seen before, ears to receive things that we may not have ever heard before. Father, I thank you that you are the author and perfecter of our faith, that you do what no man can do, that you restore, that you redeem, that you cleanse the heart of humanity. And Father, for every person here, for those who are faithful followers of you, for those who are far from you, from those who are angry with you, God, for those who are indifferent to who you are, God, I thank you that you came so that we could all be saved and all be redeemed. Father, we love you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. And a faithful church said, Amen. Amen. I really believe God put a word on my heart for you today, and we're going to be reading through uh, the Gospel of Matthew. If you brought your Bible, you can um, turn to Matthew. Uh, Matthew, um, as well as the other Gospels, depict the birth of Jesus, each one of them a little bit differently. But before I get there, I need to ask you a question. How many of you are... Um, excuse me, are planners, you love to plan, um, you like, you plan everything, like everything, yep, some of you are not shy about it either, like that is me, um, and some of you have planned so well, like you've already bought all 
the Christmas presents. Some of you bought Christmas presents for next year. Like that's how like crazy. We still love you. You're still allowed to attend here. But we that like some of you just this is how you do life. You're planners. Other people um, in this room are not. We don't really we don't really care like about planning that much. But all of us, I think, I think we we tend to plan some things. We, we mark expectations with our plans or vice versa. We set our plans and therefore our expectations follow. And, and for me, I wasn't, I never really was much of a planner. I became um, more of a planner the older I got. And I kind of love to organize my day and plan different things. But I can tell you when, when, when I was in high school, I had a plan. And my plan was when I graduated to never, ever, ever step foot in another educational institution again in my life. That was the only plan I had. And um, I, I knew that I had other desires and other plans and aspirations, being in the Army or the Navy or doing different things. And, and I remember speaking with my mother, um, and she kind of... I don't know if it was sneaky or just she just knew what was best for me, but she says, maybe you should just wrestle in college because you love sport and you love being part of a team. Maybe that's the best bit. And I'll never forget going to, to uh, Gloucester County College, which is now Rowan College, going there for the first semester, saying to myself, what am I doing here? Like, I don't want to be back in school. This is not part of my plan. How many of you know whenever you make plans, um, it almost seems like it's it's... It's bound to happen, but something is going to change your plans and something else is, is going to come to pass. And I don't know about you, but when I look back in my life, I know that I made a lot of plans. <laughs> I made a lot of plans in my life, where I would go to school, when I would get married, how many kids, at what time, what I would be doing, all of those things. The funniest thing about all of that, the one plan that I made coming out of high school seemed to be the biggest joke because I went to junior college, got an associate's, and went and got a bachelor's, went and got one master's, went and got, and I was laughing because I never planned to be in school after high school, and I was there for a very long time. And in the same sense, if you would have asked me then, what is the one thing that you were, that you could guarantee in 10 years you would not be doing? And I would tell you straight to your face, I will not be pastoring a church and here I am. I've come to realize that God does something in us and through us, but his, his purposes tend to, tend to deviate from our plans. There's this passage of scripture found in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. It says this, we make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. The Lord determines our steps. I'm learning to celebrate God directing my steps because I know, I know this to be true, that my plans would not lead me to a place that God's purpose would lead me to. And I want to, if, if, if we can, to the best of our ability, I don't want you to hear the story of Jesus. Um, Pastor Brian uh, read a large portion of the, of the story of Jesus, but I want to read it to you, and I just want to pause through the reading, because I think what happens when we hear things often, we tend to go on autopilot, and it becomes something that is a bit normal to us, and we miss the significance in the story, but I want to read it to you beginning in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 19. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. 
his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. That meant they were in, in the process of engagement or were engaged rather. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, just pause there for a minute. Um, Liza and I have been married almost seven years, and I just have to, for some of us, actually for all of us, if, if you can relate to this and, and can recall to the moment of your engagement, Maybe if you were the groom, maybe just put yourself in, in Joseph's shoes for a moment. Just engaged. You put it on Facebook, Instagram, everybody knows. Your parents know, family, friends, everybody knows. Not only does everyone know, you're making plans. You're sending out invitations, you're booking the venue, you're getting as much wine as you possibly can because you don't want to run out of wine, which is big actually in those times. You never wanted to run out of wine. There was something significant in that. So all these plannings, all this stuff would go on, right? And then all of a sudden your bride comes to you. I, I got some news. You don't know what's going on. You're excited. You're all, you're fired up. You're engaged to the love of your life. And she says, I'm pregnant. It's not yours. <laughs> but don't, don't, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. It's the Holy Spirit. Now, hold up. I, see, this is the problem because we've heard this so often. Like, that's jacked up. If, I, if Liza came and told me that, I wouldn't be like, oh, thanks be to God, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, but think, now time out for a second, like, because we're looking at this and we're like, whoa, this is so cool. Like, like God decided to become, come to earth to save us. He didn't send a messenger. He came to save us, but think of the way in which he came. I can tell you this was not the plan Mary and Joseph had. This was not, they didn't sit down and say, okay, when we get engaged, okay, I'm going to get pregnant, but it's not going to be yours, okay, it's going to be the Holy Spirit, and then we're going to be humiliated, you're going to be devastated and want to divorce me, quietly though, because you do have respect for me and everyone else, but this is, this was not the plan, was it the plan? Now, if we could just pause and just step back, because it is kind of like comical in the sense of looking at it, but in the real life situation, I have to be honest, if Liza came to me and said, I'm pregnant, I, I, that wouldn't be like my heart ripped out of my chest. Like, I, I, don't, I, 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 don't, I cannot articulate what I would even say, let alone tell you what I would do. Like, I don't know what I would do. And the fact that she would then try to pawn it off on God, saying it was the Holy Spirit, I'm like, you are such a liar. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying like this? And I want you to get this. This is the beginning of the story of the birth of Jesus. Mary is, has an encounter with an angel. The angel comes to her and says, you're highly favored. God has chosen you. He delights in you. And the scripture says in Luke that she was kind of a little bit fearful of what it meant. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes and kind of conceives in her a child, and after the announcement of their engagement, she has to come and tell Joseph. Now, we know he's upset. We know this was not part of the plan, because it says that he's upset, and he's trying to secretly divorce her, which, by the way, at that time was a big deal. That wasn't just like, we're going to go to the court, we're just going to do, you know, the thing, sign the papers. It was a public thing, a humiliating thing. It wasn't like a private thing. 
everyone would know what was going on. And I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but this is where I want you to see the significance in the story. I want you to see how humanity naturally desires to make plans, but God alone will direct our steps. I don't know how many of you in this room have made a plan, but all of a sudden the plan has changed. Maybe you've worked 10 years at a place and then you were recently laid off. Maybe you were in a marriage for 15 years and it ended. Maybe you've been the one who's always in the gym, always eating healthy for 30 plus years and all of a sudden you're the one to get diagnosed with cancer. All of us have plans. All of us make preparations for the future in some way. But many of us find that our plans don't always come to pass. I want to continue to read. As Mary and Joseph had a plan, it seems to divert early on from their plan. But can I just tell you that while they had a plan, God had a purpose. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, the scripture reads, But after he had considered this, the divorce, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, this is important, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, I have to pause. An angel comes and talks to him. It's a big deal, okay? Like if an angel comes and speaks to you, there's this, there's this presence. The angel is coming from the throne room of God. They're, they are messengers from God. And he's coming with this message saying, hey, what you're thinking about doing, don't do it. Because what has happened is actually from God. I just need to pause there for a moment because do you know how we just talked about the amount of guilt and shame and humiliation he must have experienced? Now throw this into the equation. God was behind it. God knew what was going on. The confliction in Joseph. You knew about this. It's like some type of sick game. Like, is this, are, are we supposed to be the pawns of humiliation of people in society? Like, this, this, is, this is your purpose? I, I've learned something in serving God. That you don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. I want you to hear this. You do not have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. Some of us are constantly reminded when we hear God that our plans didn't unfold the way that we intended them to unfold. And many of us mischaracterize and give God, pawn it on God or say, God, it's because of you that the plans didn't come to pass. And we actually think for a moment, because my plans didn't come to pass, that God has distanced himself from me, that God doesn't love me, that God has abandoned me, that God's no longer with me. And it gives us this perspective of God, which is the furthest from the truth. Listen to what it says in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. It says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. There is this, this dynamic of, of the plans of humanity and the purposes of God. The plans of man, the purposes of God. The plans of man. And when our plans don't come to pass, there is this tension that exists. I'm saying, God, have you left me? God, is this really how you're going to play this situation out? 
I didn't see my children leaving. I didn't see me losing this person. I didn't see me not without this job. I didn't see me getting to this place. God, I didn't think at this age of my life I would be where I am right now. I don't like the timing. I don't like the posture. God, I don't like the delivery. This was not my plan. Can I tell you something? In every step of this story, it required something of humanity. It required Mary at the encounter with the angel to say, though I don't understand the plan, I trust that you have a purpose. And every time Joshua would be carried or be moved in this process, he too needed to come to the place to say, I don't understand the plan, God, but I believe and trust that there's a purpose to this. Can I tell you something? God cannot make you take a step of faith to trust that he has a purpose. And many of you have stopped moving in a place of tension because your plan has not come to pass. I need to tell you, you're sitting in an environment of a church that was the byproduct of a failed plan. And many of us don't realize it, but our, pl our failed plans are God's setup to the fulfillment of his purpose. And if you don't stick around long enough, and if you don't continue to step by faith in believing that God is for you, that he's never left you, he's never going to abandon you, then you'll never get to live in the purposeful life that he's called you to. Every step that he's called us to requires faith. Every step. Some of us said, I, I can't believe it. I had a plan. It looked like this. It looked like that. It was going to happen then. And it was going to happen then. And this is what it was going to look like. And because the purposes of God don't look like your plan, there's cause for us to question whether God is even with us. But I've come to realize something. That the reason God deviates from our plans is not to mess with us. It's not to just screw around with us because he has nothing else better to do. I believe it's a constant opportunity for us to declare to God that God, though I may not understand the plan, you have my trust. And many of us place more of our trust in our own plans than we do in the creator of the heavens and the earth. And many of us need to come to a place in our own spirit, in our own convictions to determine who do I serve? Whom do I place my trust in? This is a constant test of who do you trust? Who do you trust? And even in the beginning of the story, when God came to humanity, it comes through the reading of the story, we see this constant demonstration of basically, do you trust me? Do you trust me? This entire Christmas story seems like a plan gone wrong. Have you ever had one of those things? You sit out like a plan. You got it. You're like, this is how it's going down. You, you even make plan like B and plan C. But like by the time it's going down, you're at like plan Z. And like this is not what you intended. Everything that could go wrong, like went wrong. You know what I'm talking about? Like this is how, it, this is how God chooses to enter in to humanity. And all of this is going on. I mean, I don't know about you, but being conceived by the Holy Spirit, the tension with this young couple, not only that, but the very nature that they were forced to go to Nazareth while she was nine months pregnant. Whether she rode a donkey or she walked, the road was very hilly. And nine months pregnant, like you don't need to be a rocket scientist. And they're like, that is not a good plan. 
Whoever planned that this woman should be riding a donkey or walking miles upon miles while she's nine months pregnant, you would question who made this plan. She delivers Jesus in a cave because there were no room. There was no room in the inn. And then on top of all that, she finds out that after she gives birth to this child, that King Herod doesn't want to celebrate the child. He actually wants to kill the child. Now, I can tell you, as a father of three, when I held my first child and each one after that in my arms, if you even hinted at hurting my child, I would kill you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like some of you like, if you're a parent, you know what I mean? Like you become so protective of this child. Can you imagine if the king of that time wanted your child dead? It's a perfect plan. <laughs> it's all part of the plan, people. It's all part of the plan. Listen, when God deviates from our plan, I'm telling you, it's a time to listen more than you've ever listened before. It's a time to see things more than you've ever seen things before. It's a time for you to confront the tension, who do I trust in? And it's as if every time along this journey, Jesus, his entrance into humanity, seems to have gone horribly wrong. Or has it been purposed to happen this way? In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 through 22, it says, You will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth, birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means... God with us. Do you know when our plans seem to be destroyed, God has a purpose? And I know some of you, when you hear that, you think that God was the causer of the pain that you've experienced. But I can tell you that it says in Romans that God works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God will use the things that the enemy intended to harm you and he'll use them for your good. He'll use them to advance you in his purpose for your life. Some of you still feel like God's abandoned you and he's let you down. Can I tell you what most people are familiar with when you talk about church? You're familiar with religion. They're familiar with guilt, condemnation, they're familiar with coercion and shame. They're familiar with things that seem to take people and force them into a path that, that they don't want to go. But I can tell you that's not why God came or sent his son to earth, to redeem humanity, to save humanity. I wonder if Joseph would have really understood why Mary needed to, be, to have the conception through the Holy Spirit. I don't think it would have even mattered to him if God would have explained his purposes behind it. Because I can tell you one thing, when your plan is axed, everything seems lost. <laughs> even to the most, even in the silliest things, when you set out and you make a plan for a party and then all of a sudden things go wrong, you're like, it's ruined, it's ruined. And then when everything else seems to be going right, you're like, this is my career, this is my job. And, 
And when people who are close to you seem to lose their life or people get sick or people leave or relationships break down or families begin to move away and all of these things, you're like, God, this is not part of the plan, but God has a purpose in it. He's got a purpose in it. This idea of the Holy Spirit, the seed coming from a heavenly father, a pure holy father, and impregnating the egg of Mary. You know, in the Old Testament, it said that the infirmities of the father would be, would be, would be carried through generations. But it was not a seed from an earthly man. It was a seed from a divine God. And the seed that came into Mary was uncorrupted and pure. It was what enabled Jesus to be born without sin, to live without sin, to, to die without sin. But when Jesus went to the cross, 33 years after his birth, and he was there hanging on a cross, hung by spikes that went through his wrists, and a, and a spike that went through his feet. His mother stood there and watched. And though we can relive the story over and over again, I can tell you that that was not part of her plan. When we read in Scripture that it says, you will give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. I can guarantee you that they never thought the saving the people of his sins would mean that my son would need to be humiliated, tortured, crucified, beaten beyond recognition, wearing a crown of thorns upon his head, being able to see his organs because he was torn his flesh so badly. I can guarantee you that was not part of their plan. But God had a purpose. Somewhere in our humanity, we, we search for answers. We get so lost when our plans don't seem to come to pass. And every once in a while when we look up, we, we, we run into people and they say, Hey, do you know Jesus? Have you gone to church? And in our mind, we're just thinking, No, it's just another cover-up. It's just another way. It's just another plan. Do you, do you know the truth is that, that God calls us to a place he calls us to a place that basically says, God, though I don't understand everything that will happen and though I know my plans will, will change, God, I trust that you have a purpose in it. I never thought I would be standing before you today. And it was not part of my plan. I never thought that I would meet my wife the way that I met my wife. I never thought that God would be doing what he's doing. I never thought things would be unfolding the way that, they were, that they're unfolding. But I can tell you that God has a purpose in all of it. In all of it. And I guess there's something in my heart that just, if I ran into you in the bathroom or ran into you in the hallway or ran into you at ShopRite or wherever we do life together, my heart, has it doesn't change. I want you to know Jesus. I'm not interested in you being part of, a, of, a, of an organization. I'm asking you to be part of a community that serves a king, that serves, serves a savior, the redeemer of the world. Like, that's what this is all about. People say, what's different about the church? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe it's just because it's, we try to center everything around the person, around the savior, Jesus. That's what it's all about. What good do we do to make a plan to advance our own ambitions if it's not the purposes of God? That's why in Scripture, when things would go against the purposes of God, people would be like, why are you going to even try to bother screwing it up? Because if the purposes of God are behind it, no man will be able to stop it. And so many of us, we don't realize, but, but God has deviated the plan so that we would live in the fulfillment of His purpose. Some of you have stopped. You stop taking steps of faith because your plan didn't come to pass. 
That's the moment where you take steps of faith. God can't push you past that moment. He can't make you move. If God made you move or he coerced you to move, it would not be love. You need to take a step of faith. That's why the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. It's this understanding that I don't need to see the purpose, God, but I'm going to step by faith. I'm going to believe that you're before me. I'm going to believe that you're my healer. I'm going to believe that you're my restorer. I'm going to believe that you're my savior. In all of those things. And as we enter into this season, this, this amazing season, can I, just, can I just challenge some of you? Like, you need, to, you need to confront who Jesus is in your heart. You really do. People say, what, like, what is it? Well, what is it about this church? Like, what is it about the, the people here? Like, what's going on? Got servant leaders working everywhere. Serving people everywhere. Serving leaders all over the place. Like, what is it? Why do people give? Why do people serve? And if you really want to know what I believe, I believe they've dealt with the question, who is Jesus? Who is he? We live in a society that no one wants to address the question, who is Jesus? Because I can tell you one thing. He either is who he says he is, or he's a liar. And you need to confront which one is it in your life. You need to confront it because when you actually make that decision, I listen, I was raised in church, so I get it. Like I, I, I can see it a mile away. I can smell it before I see it. It's one of those things where it's like, well, I'm just praying, see where the Lord will take me. I'm trying to figure out. No, you're still trying to trust in yourself. You still don't want to be deviated from your plan. God's, it's not that God's not interested in your plan. God's interested in the desires of your heart. He desires to give you the desires of your heart. But your plans won't take you to the desires of your heart. They'll lead you from it. Because everything that comes from the heart of humanity is corrupted by sin. And God knows that even though you think your plans are going to take you to a place that you desire, they're actually going to lead you away from it. And the only way to get you to a place where you can live and exist knowing this is what I was created to do is if you will deny your plans, surrender your life, and say, God, I trust you. Though I don't understand the plan, I trust that you have a purpose in it. And I don't know if we overpromise things in church. It's like, come to Jesus and everything will be perfect. It's like, man, I just read the birth of Jesus. It sounded like nothing was perfect. Listen, promise of perfection promises us salvation and I'm reminded of that moment I, I just in my, in my mind I've been part of many many of huddles in the football sport and everyone focuses on the one voice that should talk in those huddles that there's moments when Jesus had his own huddle with the disciples and people were panicking, they were overwhelmed, whatever the situation was, and Jesus would seem to usher it to the center of the huddle every time and say, and say, do not fear. And I don't know about you, but I'd be the first one to be like, why not? Because this is going down, this is going down, and this is going down. Why not? And Jesus' response is, because I have overcome the world. There's a power and an authority that only God brings into the heart of someone who recognizes that I can live with my plans being deviated from because I trust the one who's called me to my purpose. And I will walk by faith and not by sight. And though I can't see my purpose clearly, God, I trust that you have one. 
there's this encounter that Peter had with Jesus. And it's one of the most profound portions of scripture. It's found in Matthew. And Jesus is talking to his disciples. And as they walked through this region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, he says, who do people say that the son, listen, the son of man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, some say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then Jesus says this to his disciples, he says, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? And I believe that question echoes through all of humanity even today. Many of you have never answered that question. You're still trying to figure out how your plans will be accomplished or achieved and you're not yet ready to surrender your plans to the purposes of God. But confront this question. Who do you say that he is? Is he the Lord and the Savior of your life? Is he the one that comes to redeem and give purpose and meaning? He says, who do you say that I am? And Peter, Simon Peter says, listen, he asked them, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And Peter says, you are the Messiah the son of the living God. He saw all the divinity of who Jesus was and who he is. And he proclaimed his rightful place as Messiah over all people. So if you're here today, I just wanna ask you, what will you do with Jesus? How do you confront that? How do you deal with that? What does it look like in your life? And for every one of you here today, who are upset and discouraged because your plan didn't come to pass the way that you wanted it. You had all these things marked out. This is how it was going to go. This is what, how it's going to look. And it hasn't. Can I tell you, this is an opportunity for you to say to God, God, though I do not see the purpose in it, I trust that you have one. Can you bow your heads and close your eyes? Let me pray for you, church. God, I thank you that as you lead us in our purpose, you don't consider our preference. Because God, I know our preference would lead us down a path that would be in opposition to your purpose. God, we always look for the easiest road. God, and though we think we're traveling the right direction, there's times, God, when you want to change direction. And may this be an acknowledgement to us today, God, that, you've, that you haven't left us, you haven't abandoned us, you haven't caused pain and heartache. And Father, even though the enemy may have robbed us from something your word says, that you'll use and work all things together for the good of those who love you and who are called according to your purpose. And Father, we pray right now for every broken relationship in this place. Father, we believe and we declare that you're the God of restoration. Father, we pray for every business that's struggling right now that we would recognize that it is not in our striving, it's not in our intellect, it's not in our ability, it's in our surrender to trusting you that you are our Jehovah Jireh. You are our provider. God, for every person in this place that's dealing with a physical ailment that needs healing, Father, I thank you that through the cross and through the blood that was shed, Father, that you provide us healing in Jesus' name. Lord, bless every person in this room. Father, may we walk with confidence. May we walk in the midst of our plans being disrupted, knowing, God, that in the disruption of our plans, we're walking in the fulfillment of your called purpose for our life. Father, I thank you for what you've called us to do. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen.
Hey, thanks for watching. I pray that that message was a blessing to you. And I pray it's encouraged you um, wherever you find yourself in your journey of life. We never like to end any one of our services without giving you um, the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus was raised to life, that you will be saved. And salvation is a free gift. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't work towards it. It can only be received. It's this incredible grace that comes only from God. So the Bible says that right where you are in your season, not trying to fix anything else, not trying to get yourself better, not waiting or putting off salvation, but today to make the decision to say yes to Jesus, that you know you can't save you, that you need Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. The Bible says it only requires you to say a simple prayer. So repeat after me, just say this prayer. Say, dear, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again. Come into my life and make me new. I'm now a Christian. Christ now lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you just said that prayer, we believe that your eternity is secure in Christ. One of the things that I wanna encourage you to do, your next step, if you would, um, is to tell somebody, whether you're telling us through the website and contacting us and informing us or telling someone else at a local church that maybe you visited. The second thing I wanna encourage you to do is to be planted in a healthy Bible-based church, whether it's True North Church or another church close to you. Find a church community to do life with. Man, we're so excited for you. Make sure that you get a Bible. If you don't have one, please reach out to us. We'd love to bless you with the Bible and encourage you on your journey with Jesus. I'm excited for you. I truly believe that your best days are still ahead.